You know, for me, like, I like a challenge. I like to do things that are that are really hard to do. I find that, you know, I like to take on really big problems and solve them. Judd Schneider is a scientist, athlete, and entrepreneur. He has a PhD in cell and developmental biology. In college, was named an All-American 14 times. And most recently, he worked as the VP of Bioinformatics at Concert Genetics. He founded the Vanderbilt Masters team while working on his doctorate. That team later merged with the Nashville Aquatic Club Masters team. This is the story of his journey and the many ways his experiences as a swimmer still influence his life today. You know, halfway through my PhD, I realized that uh, I didn't see a career for myself in, um, you know, running a lab at a university. I wanted to be a little bit more applied and a little bit more kind of in the in the free market. So I basically approached my PhD advisor and said, David Miller is a fantastic guy. Approached him and said, hey, you know, David, this is what I want to do. You know, I don't want to be a professor, but I, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but it's it's not this. And he said, that's great. I support you 100%, but I have no idea how to help you. Judd did some networking, talked to a lot of people in the biotech industry, and asked a lot of questions. He published the answers to those questions in a newsletter for his fellow students. Along the way, he discovered that Tennessee was exporting PhDs. So he worked with a local biotech organization to develop a pitch festival and create business plans to help keep some of those talented folks in state. In the meantime, he completed his PhD and was doing research in another lab but was still restless. He set a date to make the leap and... I ended up walking out the door and I didn't have any jobs lined up or anything, but, uh, uh, you know, just had to make the shift. You know, I, I think I've, I've been fortunate that I've just got to know a lot of really great people. And right as I kind of put the notice out, I had two kind of offers like right away for real early stage companies doing some really cool stuff. One of them was... A friend of mine from graduate school named Mark Harris, who had this really cool idea of creating like an Amazon.com for genetic testing. And Mark and I had been friends for a while, and we got also got interested in you know entrepreneurship and everything um, kind of around the same time. We worked together on a couple of projects. You heard him say he likes hard problems. I was interested in what motivated him to tackle this hard problem in particular. For me, it's an important important piece of that is learning something new, and then also a big piece of it is like you know this is this has gotta this has gotta help somebody. It's gotta be bigger than than me. It's gotta be something that you know can impact the lives of of others. Judd says Mark was the guy with the idea. He feels lucky to have been a part of the project, but his work ethic makes it clear that his professional success was more than just luck. He had this really cool idea and he took and ran with it. And uh, I was just fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time and jump on with him to uh, create this idea. We quickly realized that what we needed to do to be tracked, both buyers and sellers of genetic testing products was create the world's best free clinical resource. You know, I think one of the greatest things that 
I got out of building that resource was just going to the conference for genetic counselors afterwards and just seeing how much people love to use it. But for Judd, there was more to it than the fun challenge or even the reward of making others happy. It was his teammates. The other thing that's really important to me is working with really good people. You know, I've said this to my the people that I've hired, and I believe it's true. It's like you you hire people who are better than you. You hire people who are excellent and will push you. Because surrounding yourself with people who like excellence and demand it and seek it themselves um, will always push you to be better. And that's what brings us to swimming. Swimming, like people don't think of swimming as a team sport, but it really is. It's all about the team and training and pushing each other and creating an environment in which people can excel and also be challenged in a very, very productive and positive way. Think back in you know high school, like the guys that I swam with who were all better than me were always there encouraging, even though you weren't winning races or anything like that. I think what the teamwork and swimming is all about is the effort. And it's the encouraging of the effort and pushing you to improve yourself and improve your own times beyond what you've done before. You know, a race is a race. It's against other people. At the same time, like, there's a lot that goes into it from not just the training, but also, you know, when you step on the blocks, especially if you're on a college team or a high school team, there, there's, a, there's a palpable energy and a palpable force that your team provides you. And it's not just from them cheering, but it's all the work that they've collectively put into you as well as you've put into them. When it comes to building a team, swimming taught Judd to be confident in the qualities he looks for. I, I did a lot of recruiting for um, you know my college team, and I, I always loved that because like when you had a guy who you know was really fast but was humble and respectful and you could see them, you know, see their potential. I love to bring in people who would challenge me. So, for example, like um, there was a guy we recruited who ended up breaking the mile record. Maybe it's still even up today. I think it. I think it probably is. You know, I was thrilled when he when he came on because I was like, gosh, this is this is a guy I can train with and I can push myself with, and you know, really do better. And I think most teams want people who are excellent, um, who can push them. Some people want to be the superstar and some people crave that attention. And I always found that those people who kind of, you know, want to be the person who's the superstar and everyone kind of fawns around them, those people usually don't last long in a good team because you really have to be in the mindset that we're all going to push each other and we're all going to succeed and we're all going to beat each other up pretty good, but we're all going to get better and win as a team. And in a business too, like, you know, putting together a team is is not unlike putting together a team for, you know, a sport. You got to have people who have different skill sets. I mean, you know, swimming, you need, you need a medley relay. You need press strokers, you need backstrokers, you need butterflies, you need freestylers. In business situations, it's the same kind of thing. You, you want to surround yourself with people who are excellent, who, you know, you can learn something from, and also they can potentially learn something from you. You know, at the end of the day, you're all on the same team and 
you push each other in a very positive way in creating that environment. In fact, that positive attitude, along with hard work, is often more important than raw talent. You know, I had a coach tell me once, the most important person on the team is not the fastest person. It's actually the slowest. The reason it's the person at the end of the lane, the slowest lane, is because if they push themselves, that person in front of them goes, oh my gosh, I don't, I need to go faster because this guy's catching me. And then the next guy sees that and says, oh my gosh, I need to go faster. This guy's catching me. And so it creates this chain all the way up to the fastest guy in the team. The The environment's really created by an attitude and a mutual respect. And I think it's, it's, it's like that with anyone who's um, gone through a very stressful, intense situation. I mean, you form bonds that are um, beyond the normal um, casual friendship. You've done those types of things where you've gone outside of what you even thought was possible and everyone around you did it. And so that creates like a bond that I think is unshakable beyond what most people I think in, in their lives can experience. And also a coach, coach kind of sets the tone for that by uh, being encouraging where it needs to be encouraging and also you know, laying down the law when it needs to lay down the law. And Judd, as much as anybody, understands the necessity and the impact of hard work. It seems he's always been one for tackling big challenges. When I started swimming, gosh, I was probably eight years old, I think. And the reason I started was I had asthma as a kid. You know, my mom took uh, me to the... Uh, to the allergist and he was like, you know, you should maybe potentially look at swimming. So went to um, the pool and we, my brother and I would splash around for a little bit and there was a swim team and my mom signed us up. I was perennially slow. I was not a good swimmer for the vast majority of my career. I was the guy that, um, you know, was in the sea heat of the 10 and under freestyle and coming in dead last place. But Judd persevered and his perseverance brought improvement and eventually, eventually success. What I loved about it, the reason I kept doing it is just, I just loved to train. I loved going to some practice and working hard and I loved being on the team and I loved, you know, just trying to, you know, beat my time. Even though the times were terrible, they would get lower and lower and lower every year. And the more effort I put in, they get better. You know, all the way up through when I started college, you know, I was I was not the fastest guy by any means. I remember trying out for the swim team, and I remember the coach you know, or me asking the coach, like, "Hey, you know, coach, did did I make it?" And he's like, "You know, you keep working as hard as you do, and yes, you'll have a spot on the team." Him and I both knew I was not going to be winning any races my freshman year, maybe not even my sophomore year. My sophomore year in, in high school was when I started to actually get pretty fast. And uh, I was in, living in Philadelphia at the time and uh, made the different championships. And that was, that was huge. You know, I went there and, you know, swam my event, didn't make states, but just getting to that next level was kind of opening a door of like, oh, yeah, well, maybe I can, I really can actually be successful here. You know, maybe I can maybe get the state championships. I asked him if he could recall one breakthrough moment in his swimming career. He remembers a meet where his coach said something that completely changed the way 
that he approaches life challenges. I remember after I moved to to Nashville and finished high school and swam with a guy at uh, Nashville Aquatic Club who's still there. His name's John Morse. But I remember swimming in a meet once, swam a 500 freestyle, and I did not, did not do my best. And he knew it. And then I was standing, you know, by the pool deck, and he comes over to me, and I'll never forget this. He says, "JD," which he called me at that time. So, "JD, fast people swim fast." What he meant was, is that if you want to be successful, then you have to be successful. And it's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. If you're going to be a fast swimmer, you need to embody that. You need to own it and you need to be it. I think I was at that point where I didn't have, I had all the physical things kind of put together. I was training hard and all that. I just didn't have my head in the game for putting it together in a a race. I could train all I want, but on race race day, if I didn't show up and lay it down, then I wasn't fast because I didn't go fast. That was that was one of those moments where you're like, okay, point taken, and I adjusted. As we've seen, Judd carried those lessons from his swimming experience into his career. But before he started working full-time, swimming helped him succeed in school, too. I went to uh, Kalamazoo College, which was a four-year small school. But I instead of doing the typical kind of health science major, I ended up doing biology just because it's a little bit more... I don't know. I was attracted to it more, I guess you could say. It was a little bit more kind of my speed. So did a biology major. And then uh, for my senior thesis, I had been working with a hospital in Nashville and uh, an inpatient management group for uh, a couple summers. And so I put together a proposal for them where I basically took three years of their billing data and did ask the question, is the one kind of doctor better at performing hospital medicine than another. And so very quickly, I had to learn how to deal with um, big data uh, on, you know, early 2000s kind of hardware. Judd chose Kalamazoo in large part because of the swim coach there. In some ways, Judd owes his ambitious senior thesis project to that coach. His name was Bob Kent. And, uh, when I met him, I had been recruited by a, a number of D1 schools, and it was just one of those people like, oh, man, I can, I know I can learn a ton from this guy. This is someone I, I would want to be around so that I can absorb a number of lessons just from this individual. He's one of those people who just is incredibly organized and also has a high, really high degree of integrity. I knew that going into college – there was going to be, you know, it's it's a it's a different, it's a new experience. There's a lot going on, and you're pulled in a lot of different ways. And what I wanted was just someone that could help kind of shape that part of my my experience, and someone that I think I could, you know, le- learn some life lessons from. And I l- ended up, you know, learning a ton from him. You know how to be how to be organized. I learned a ton about leadership just by listening to him and being a, being a team captain and him kind of guiding me through that and just paying attention to the things that he said and why he did certain things and what, what he uh, expected out of people and also how he uh, created an environment for each person to, to be successful. But he didn't just study and swim. 
He also traveled abroad to Costa Rica, a trip that was supposed to be about sustainable development and learning Spanish turned into a crisis where Judd faced a major setback in his swimming career. The reason Costa Rica was really, you know, critical for me was um, I actually got dengue fever when I was down there and lost 25 pounds in about two weeks. It's, it's horrible. I remember sitting in my bed, having conversations, and then realizing I was talking to someone on the ceiling and going, okay, this is a hallucination and it's not actually happening. But it was so vivid, you know, things, just stuff like that. And, um, you know, I kind of kind of came out of it one day and um, went and looked at myself in the mirror and like, I was thin. I was already, you know, I was like 170 and dropped, dropped a ton of weight. It was just super um, thin, about 145. And so exercise was kind of out of the question for a good part of time. Uh, but I got back in the summer and I couldn't train. Like I just was in no shape to be, you know, doing the kind of intervals and stuff that we were doing. So um, ended up getting a bike. Actually, it was my dad's old steel frame bike from the 1970s, which was awesome. And started doing some uh, triathlon training because I could keep my aerobics up, but just not burn a ton of calories and just spent the entire summer packing as much food into me and protein as I possibly could to like put on some muscle again, you know, uh, ended up having one of my best seasons that, that next year in college, but adversity makes you, makes you stronger for sure. I mean, when you're, when you're put in that kind of situation as a college athlete at that time in your life, like that is, that is everything to you is your sport. And so, you know, I sat down and analyzed it and I was like, all right, I can't, I can't go back to National Aquatic Club in the summer and just be myself senseless because I would lose weight anyway, and I have no weight to lose. So you have to like analyze the problem and work it through. This guy who'd been swimming since he was eight could no longer swim. How did he cope? By acting on the lessons he absorbed from swimming. It's all goal setting, right? You know, I learned a ton of this from Coach Kent and John Morris. And at the beginning of the season, we'd sit down and we'd write out our goals. And it's like one of the first things we did. What do you want to achieve? Where do you want to be at the end of the season? And that's something that you could then walk back from. If I want to drop 15 seconds off my 500 freestyle time, well, that means at this time of the season, I need to be going this time. And I need to be putting in these kinds of intervals in practice. And then also you you, mar- you judge yourself against them. You hold yourself to it. Like, okay, if I'm here today, where do I want to be? Okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? What do I need to do today to get me to that next goal? You know, how do I take that first step today that gets me to where I want to be? Over the past few years, I've started doing a bunch of bike racing. What's been really, really fun about that is going through that entire process again. And those are all things that really effective athletes and really effective business people, just people in general, are able to do. If you can break down a problem into set a goal, think about what are the steps you need to get there, and then decide on what do I need to to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow to get there? That's something that uh, will propel you in both swimming, in life, and as well as in uh, in business. Like most college athletes, 
Judd recognizes the value of having juggled the intense demands of college-level sports and academics. You know, when you're taking a full class load and you have a sport on top of that, one of the most important things that you can really learn is is those time management skills. Because, you know, at a Division three school, like, you don't take an easy class load. That is just not an option. And in Kalamazoo, I mean, everyone graduated in four years. Um, and swimming is also, it is a time-intensive sport in total, including lifting and dry land and running. I mean, you train 30 plus 35 hours a week. And that's what most people have as a job. You have really two jobs at the same time. It forces you to be incredibly diligent about how you spend your time, what you spend your time on, and how you can really focus in and get the things done that you need to get done right away. To this day, like I find that I am at my best when I am incredibly busy. Fortunately, I've got three kids, which helps with that. It turns out that for Judd, swimming lessons were about more than good technique. Now that he has kids, he can apply those lessons on leadership, learning new things, working with good people, and making an impact. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Flip Turns. I had production assistance from Carolyn Leland. Thank you, Carolyn. Hey, would you do me a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and then tell a couple of your friends about the podcast. It will really help to keep this thing going. And as always, if you know someone for whom swimming has made an impact on their life, I'd like to hear about it. I've got more great stories lined up, but I know there are more out there. I will talk to you next time.